Welcome back to the Nolan Finley Show on the 910 AM Superstation. And we have our good friend Chad Livingood on the line from Crane's Detroit Business. Chad, welcome to the show. Good morning, Nolan. Chad, what is going on this week? What are you all writing about in, in Crane's? Well, tomorrow night, uh, Governor Gretchen Whitmer will deliver her first State of the State address. Yes. And uh, ahead of that, I decided to take a look at, well, what is the State of the State so from an economic viewpoint? Lord, uh, I wish you'd our, tell us. Well, um, uh, this is an unvarnished uh, version here, uh, Nolan, so uh, hang on. Um, the From my workforce participation rate, we always talk about that rate, but the actual rate that the economists look at to kind of judge whether people are really um, employed as, as well as robustly as they could be is the employment to population ratio. And in that, we rank 38th in the country at 57.8% of adults between uh, basically 16 and up are working uh, in this state. The national average is 59.5%. Um, our Midwest rival, Minnesota, is at 66% of its adults um, are, are working. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is a pretty big indicator. If you also look at household income, uh, median household income in, in Minnesota, 68000 plus, 15% more than we're making um, in Michigan, which, where our median household income is a little under $55,000. And, and yet, um, so we've got low workforce petition participation rate, and I understand yet uh, the governor is going to uh, uh, try to ease the requirements that people who, able-bodied people who collect uh, Medicaid go back to work or get some work training. It seems like we're working against our best interest here, or she is. Well, we certainly don't have enough people working adults, um, and uh, but the bigger problem is we don't have enough people who are even qualified for the jobs that are available out there. And, and uh-huh. there's untold number of tens of thousands of jobs. Those estimates kind of vary, um, but uh, so I kind of steered a little clearer of looking at those. Yeah, but yeah. this is a bigger, a bigger number out there that that people kind of lose track of. The, the Michigan Association of United Ways. Um, they do a study every two years. Uh, they call it their ALICE uh, study, uh, which stands for Asset Limited Income Constrained Employed. So these are people with jobs, sometimes two or three jobs. And 62% of Michiganians are living um, below $20 an hour job. Um, so they're topping out uh, full-time at 41600 And the United Way basically estimates that in order to sort of make it in Michigan, you have to be making $56,000, which is just a little above that median income uh, mm-hmm. for the whole state. Is that as um, an individual that, or as a household? That's covering a household of four, covering housing, food, okay. prescription drugs, taxes, utilities, and child care, which is a big... So arguably, if you have two kids. people earning 40000 a year, you're going to be okay. Um, yeah, if you're, if you're earning above 56000 uh, you're mm-hmm. going to be all, all right in, in the United Way calculation of yeah. sort of cost mm-hmm. of living in Michigan. But we've got uh, 62%, we have almost two-thirds of the population that is living, that is working under $20 an hour, and that's 
almost always a, a result of education levels. Um, and that gets so to it's another self-afflicted. It, it is, yes. Um, it gets another part of the state of the state uh, report here. Uh, we have in Michigan, 43.7% of, of adults over age 25 have either a bachelor's degree, an associate's degree, or a high-level certificate credential uh, of some kind of post-secondary uh, certification or yeah. education credential. We rank as a state 36 in the country, and we lag be well behind uh, Minnesota uh, that um, has 54% of their, of their adults. Again, that Minnesota, they're making $15,000 more per year per, per family than us. Illinois uh, at 51%. Kansas is beating Michigan uh, at 50.7. Iowa beating Michigan and Ohio is beating Michigan uh, in in the uh, re- uh, rankings from the Lumina Foundation, uh, which has basically set a goal nationwide of 60% nationally by 2025 to fill the type of jobs um, that that are needed. And and, and if you look, go look around our our state, no one. Just 10 of our 83 counties um, have a post-secondary educational achievement rate that exceeds the national uh, exceeds the state average of 43.7, uh, and that's that's where you would expect it. Oakland County, Washtenaw, is the most almost 63 percent of people in Washtenaw County, but here in Wayne County, it's a different story. It's 32 percent, um, and in Macomb County, it's 38 um, percent. So those these two big counties, Macomb and Oakland really lag uh, and probably drag down uh, the, the statewide education rate. Uh, and, and that's just one, you know, indicator of, 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 uh, of, um, of economic um, success and, um, mm. and posterity. So do you expect her to address those issues in her speech tomorrow night, Chad? I would expect her to address the higher ed um, issue because we are one of nine states in the country that has no stated goal uh, for um, higher education achievement. Um, you might remember uh, Governor Jennifer Granholm tried to make bachelor's degrees, uh, boosting the, the percentage of bachelor's degrees. So this number I cite includes associates and these at, at high-level certificates because there's been a change in, in the argument out there that you don't need to have a bachelor's degree for every job. Um, there are even tech oh, yeah. jobs that require lesser uh, education. Um, but uh, I would expect that... Uh, Governor Whitmer is going to try to probably address this issue um, in in a larger discussion about talent and and preparing the workforce for jobs of the future. Well, I would hope so. And of course, uh, somebody has. It'd be good if she also talked about university costs and college costs because Michigan is among the nation's leaders in college costs and among the nation's laggards in college achievement. And I think there's right. there's a connection. Uh, we also are one of the few states that don't have a university system. We have 15 public state public universities all operating independently rather than in a coordinated fashion. I'm not sure it wouldn't help to uh, have a coordinated university system so you can more strategically place your university. We've got three universities in the Upper Peninsula and about 175,000 people up there. Doesn't make sense that were, those were political decisions, not good policy decisions. Uh, no university in Macomb County, uh, which is one of our fastest growing 
counties and and a county where many a, a large number of jobs are located. So, you know, we got some issues we need to work through. Uh, I think we need more support for community colleges. As you said, Chad, you don't need a four-year degree, but uh, we don't put much emphasis on those schools that don't have football teams. Yep. Well, and we also uh, yeah, we have uh, some of the highest uh, debt costs for students uh, in the country. We're also, I don't have these numbers uh, already, but we're also exporting a lot of our good graduates, and that's a uh, that's a drain on this whole system. I mean, one thing we learned from the Amazon bid for Detroit, the number one um, university where computer science uh, graduates come from to go to Amazon in Seattle is the University of Michigan. The number two uh, destination for MBA graduates uh, at, uh, at Amazon um, is the University of Michigan. Hmm. Um, and so we have been exporting uh, some of our best brain power uh, to other states for years, um, and there hasn't really been any kind of targeted state policies to try to keep, them. Uh, keep those folks here, uh, whether they were born in Michigan or not. Um, and that's that's part of the larger debate. Uh, we actually have in our in our in our as part of our state of state preview here, Noel. We have we're rolling out a new section in Cranes called the Crane Forum, and we've got op-eds from U of M President Mark Schlissel. Uh, Wayne State President Roy Wilson, uh, Ridgeway White, the CEO of uh, of Mott Foundation in Detroit, um, and, and a few others in the education community, Tanya Allen, uh, Skillman Foundation, all kind of talking about and addressing this, our sort of hodgepodge approach to to education, to talent development that is critical to the overall success of the economy and the prosperity of the state. And Well, we've had and, no short, uh, shortage of folks talking about it for the last 20 years. We just haven't nope. had a whole lot of folks doing much about it. Uh, got some that's, basic, that's there are some basic issues we haven't had the courage to address in Michigan, f- starting with, in my opinion, uh, the fact that we have a bifurcated, governance system for education. We have an elected state school board that is autonomous, and we have an elected governor who also has jurisdiction over education, or at least can claim jurisdiction over education. Legislature meddling in education all the time. There's no clear uh, line of accountability for the performance of our schools. We are the, I think, one of just a small number, if not the only um, state that has a, a autonomous elected school board, which hires a school superintendent without uh, reporting through the governor's office, uh, which controls the purse strings for education. So we can't match education strategy with education funding. And yet nobody has the courage to do anything about that. Everybody wants to work around that, uh, try to, try to implement reforms below that obstacle uh, rather than taking that head on. I think we need a ballot proposal in 2020 that changes that and a campaign and everybody agreeing that that's the wrong system. But of course you've got too many, too many folks who are politically invested in that arrangement, uh, particularly the education labor unions. And so you can't get a change. We are our own worst enemies in Michigan. There are reasons we underperform the nation. Our kids aren't born stupider than anybody else's kids. Our teachers aren't worse than other other states' teachers. Our schools aren't 
structurally different than any other states. We just won't work through the obstacles that limit our performance. Well, with that, Nolan, how about we transition to the roads? Let's do it. Okay, Fix the so damn thing, Chad. Is she going to have a plan? Does she have a plan? I'm not. Uh, she says she's going to have a plan, and mm-hmm. she says she's going to have a real plan, and we'll see what that is. I don't think you're going to see tomorrow night. I think you'll see at the budget address the uh, first uh, Tuesday in March. Well, reports but, um, out this morning, Chad, that she's going to take that 6% ta- sales tax and apply it to roads, which is what other states do, which is why, you know, we wonder why we don't spend as much on roads, even though our price per gallon is about the same as it is everywhere else. Well, that 6% uh, sales tax on roads has gone to schools and revenue sharing. She says she's going to she's going to dedicate that to the roads. The big question then becomes, how do you fill that hole for schools and communities in terms of revenue sharing? It's it's a billion dollars uh, that that is, that is produced by that. I I mean, you're going to have a huge uphill battle to do that. And and by if you get into this uh, proposal, you're going to invite a lot of other lobbyists. Some of the ones you just mentioned, yeah. the school unions. Uh, Well, how do you take that kind of money out of schools when that's also a priority? You would have to replace it, I think. And this is is what uh, they tried to do in 2015 with the ballot proposal, Proposal 1, which Gretchen Whitmer was involved in crafting in her final days as a state senator in the lame duck session of 2014, mm-hmm. week before Christmas. Uh, they proposed this uh, you know, multi-billion dollar plan to sort of raise the sales tax, replace the tax revenue lost by taking the sales tax off of gasoline, and then, and then basically making uh, the sales tax on gasoline converted into a normal per gallon tax on gasoline uh, to try to raise the gas tax by yeah. 20 cents or so. And that uh, the voters of the state rejected that by yeah. the margin of four to one yep. historic uh, uh, rejection. Well, one thing we're pointing out here in, the, uh, in our preview is that the percentage of roads, of Michigan trunk line roads, after last summer's uh, um, um, very busy uh, construction season, 79% are in good or fair condition. These are the freeways, state highways, main thoroughfares like Woodward, Gratiot, Grand River, Michigan Avenue. That doesn't count all the local roads, county roads, subdivision streets. I, some of those, I think, are, are even the worst. There's no actual statewide number on the pavement condition on that percentage-wise. But just to point out, in Metro Detroit alone, in Oakland, Macomb, and, and Wayne County, there are two, a combined 2,000 miles of county roads rated in fair or poor condition. Um, and the counties are, are replacing less than a, a hundred of miles of them per year. So you just do the math, Nolan. Based on the current funding uh, uh, situation, you're not going to see some of these roads replaced for 10 or 20 years um, that's just that's just kind of the, the reality. And MDOT projects, despite, despite we're at 79% now, and every year we're, we're gradually supposed to be getting more money to work for this $1.2 billion goal by 2021. Well, in 2021, MDOT says 57.5% of the roads of the state trunk lines will be in good or fair condition. And then by 2028, uh, this is 57% of the roads will be in poor condition. So it's going to totally flip. Um, on its head. And, and so um, this is the uh, proverbial you're going to be blown away moment uh, yeah. coming down the road uh, for, for the state of Michigan if we do not change uh, the, the way we fund roads or how we maintain them or, or the, the, the number of roads we have.
Chad Live and Good, thanks for being with us. We got to get to a break. Uh, we'll talk to you next Monday. Or, hey, why don't you come back Wednesday and talk to us about the state of the state? Okay, we can do that. Can we get you on, uh, say, 720 Wednesday? <laughs> I'll shoot you a text, Chad. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah, let's, get, let's get that done. Talk to you then, gentlemen. Okay, man. Thanks. thanks.